from the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. This is Dr. Shelton Smith with Making a Difference. And on this Monday in mid-June, we welcome you to our broadcast. It's our delight to be here with you five days every week. And we trust that today the Lord will bless in a really strong and good way. And we're going to start some brand new things today from Romans chapter 1 as we talk about the general theme of majoring on what God says is major or making major things a major focus of our life. Before I get to the study today, let me remind you to get ready for the National Sword of the Lord Conference that's coming just about a month from now, July 19 through 22, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at the Sword International Headquarters Auditorium. We have limited seating. It is by reservation, but we will live stream it worldwide. And one way or the other, we want you to get in on the National Sword of the Lord Conference this year, July 19 through 22. We look forward to having you with us. Now, every Monday, I like to give you a promise to get us started for the week. And today we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 that says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen unto the glory of God by us. So we can count on the promises of God. When you find a promise in the Bible that has been made to the sons and daughters of the living God, you can say amen to that. You can say yes to that. You can know that God is going to give his thumbs up, in effect, and is going to make that real to us. This passage tells me all of God's promises are good, they are real, and you can make them real in your life. So let's lean on that this week as we begin our broadcast time together. Now, today we're going to begin in Romans chapter 1, looking at the major things that are laid out in this chapter. If something's major with God, it surely ought to be major with me and with you. If it's a minor matter, we ought to tend to it in a minor way. But there are many things in the Bible that God says are not minor matters, but they are major matters. I'll give you a little personal illustration here that kind of sets the tone for this, at least for me. When I was just a lad of 17, I graduated from high school and headed off to college. When I got to college, very first day, I sat down with a faculty advisor, and the first question out of his mouth after he found out who I was, he said, what is your major? Now, I knew what I wanted to do with my life at that point. I'd already been preaching during high school for a little over three years, but to declare an academic major the first day of college, I just wasn't prepared for that. In fact, I wasn't even real sure what he meant by that, but I was soon to find out they wanted me to focus on a particular study, a line of study that would become prominent in my college career. But an academic major was really not on my radar at that point. So what happened? Second year, I went back. I took core curriculum courses. Second year, I went back. And guess what happened? They wanted to know, what's your major? And I said, very pointedly, I don't know. I went through the second year without declaring a major. When I got to my third year of college, the faculty advisor said to me, what is your major? And I said, I really don't know. He said, I'm going to write something down. You tell me what you're going to major in. And I mean, right now, you're going to tell me. And just kind of off the top of my head, I said, okay, history. And so for the next four years, because I spread my college career out over six, I spent an enormous amount of time 
in history classes. I had some European history. I had some world history. But I had about 40 semester hours of American history. Now, you say that is a lot of history study. I know that's the reason they call it a major. They made me major in it. I mean, I had it for breakfast. I had it for lunch. I had it for supper. I had history on the brain. And uh, obviously, I spent a lot of time with it. Now, you and I, in our Christian life, we need to get to the point where we major on what God says should be our major. I know it's easy in our life, even as a Christian, it's easy for us to major on minor things and to get so concentrated on inconsequential matters. I mean, things that are just little, tiny, piddling things and never get around to doing the major things. When you major on minors, and minor on majors, you are in a spot that is not a good place to be. Strangely enough, our old carnal nature will promote us puffing up little things and deflating the big things. It's just strange, but it happens. It happens with Christians. It happens in many of our churches. And certainly society at large is doing that on a major scale. Our society, listen, there's so much going amiss, so much going awry. The society at large is spiritually clueless, morally self-possessed, socially wayward, and intellectually comatose. I mean, just not thinking like they ought to be thinking. Our cities, on Sunday morning, they're asleep. The traffic on Sunday morning is almost non-existent. What's happening? They are not spiritually alert like they need to be. Our society has so possessed itself with its own agenda, with its own wants, with whatever it has in mind, that it does not focus like God says we ought to focus. All of this is clearly demonstrated in these early chapters in the book of Romans, and we're going to look closely at the details in Romans chapter 1. And when I do, let me just remind you, the human way is not heaven's way. The major concerns of God are not the concerns of most men. You say, why is that? Well, I thought about these verses in Isaiah chapter 55 that reminds us to seek the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then listen to this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So that old nature of ours, that old ego, that nature that we have towards sin, the propensity for sin, the sinful nature, it takes us in directions we ought not to go. It'll let us waste our life doing things that are of little substance or of little consequence, except that they'll take us down to hell. So you and I, finding out who God is, what he's about, what he wants, how he would focus things, and what he says are major matters, if we can do that, we will be on the right track. Now, here in this first chapter of Romans, I'm going to read right from the top of the chapter, first of all, and you'll see where I'm headed with this. Verse 1, chapter 1 says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto, and watch this, the gospel of God. That word gospel appears a number of times in the Bible. It appears several times here in this chapter. You say, what does that word gospel mean? 
Well, it means the good message, the good news. It's talking about something that is an evangel. That's where we get the word evangelist. It comes off of the Greek word euangelion, which literally talks about the message, the good message that God has for us. The word is employed in the New Testament to express the fact that God has good news for every hell-bound sinner and every one of us, whoever we are, however young or old we may be, we are headed down the wrong trail from the get-go, and we need to hear the message that God has that will provide for us, and this is the beginning of it all. Nothing is going to work right in your life until you listen to the gospel of God. Because of Christ, sinners can be saved. Sinners can be forgiven. Sinners may go to heaven simply because they have a Savior. Because of Christ, hell is no longer our eternal destination. Because of Christ, the Lord's plan has been fully implemented, and we have a gospel message. Now, remember that message is clearly stated in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, when he said, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So this message of the gospel, what's it about? It's about the death the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. He died for your sins. He was buried in the grave and then arose from the grave to live forevermore in order that we could have a Savior. These are the basic elements of the good news. So here in this passage, we find it called the gospel of God. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, the Bible says Jesus went about all Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So what's he doing? Well, remember, he is king of kings. He will one day be acknowledged as king of kings and be king over all the kings whenever we get to that thousand-year reign that Revelation talks about. And so he is now giving us the message that will lead us in that direction and get us out of the kingdom of Satan and into the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 15 and verse 16 says that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. Even the non-Jewish crowd in the first century, those folks that were known as Gentiles, they were not in the Jewish community, they were not of the Jewish race, they too were included, and the Apostle Paul became the missionary to them so that they too could hear the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 talks about the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. So, you know, all through the Bible, we're seeing things about the gospel. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8 states that those who, quote, obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ are in the jeopardy of eternal flaming fire. Romans chapter 1 here and verse 9 talks about how that it is the gospel of his Son. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me make clear, the gospel is about the Lord Jesus. And that's why we get to the second one of these major themes here in this first chapter of Romans, the first one being the gospel of God. And then when we get to chapter 1 and verse 9, we see that statement about the Son of God. So we have the gospel of God and the Son of God. And let me say it and let me state it clearly. 
Without the Son of God, there is no gospel of God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, makes possible for us that we do have a message of the gospel. We began reading earlier from Romans chapter 1, early in that chapter, and it talks about verse 3 says, Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to his faith among all the nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. So how do we get saved? How do we get into the family of God? How do we make arrangements for heaven? It is because we have the Son of God who has arranged for us the gospel of God. And let me just pointedly and clearly say to you today, this is at the very heart of the things that God majors on. You read the New Testament, you can't miss it. It's there. God has given us this major focus. Now, in fact, Romans chapter 1, which we'll get into again tomorrow, has other items, other topics, other themes that are also major with God, and I want to spend some time just working through those this week so that you and I will have knowledge of the things that God says are major matters. If you and I just fritter away our life, we'll do it doing minor things. But if we can get focused on what God says is major, then we are headed in the right direction. So what are we talking about this week? We're just talking about majoring on what God says is major. And today we looked at the gospel of God and the Son of God, and those are major matters. Friends, it's a joy to be with you today, and I trust that our time together every day, five days a week, right here on this station, will be a help and a blessing to you. Be sure to write to me. Let me know you hear the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Thank you for being along today. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.